Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of You Plus Me Equals RP, a podcast dedicated to all those patient writers and RPers out there. Every other week, I'll dive into the internet and bring to you some of the very best storylines, roleplay groups, or profiles that you may want to join, from written roleplay, tabletop, and even LARPing. Maybe you're in need of some new worlds to discover. Well, I, Helen Kirsch, will be here to help you with that. Hey, everyone. I am so sorry I was AWOL last week. I've been working very hard with Rue to try and get a new website developed. I'm sure you all understand what it's like to learn a new thing. Once you start doing it, you kind of don't want to stop doing it until you have it completed. This is something that I've been super excited to learn, but never thought it was something that was doable. We're actually doing everything from scratch. We're not using a pre-existing layout. That's kind of an you know, apply and you're all set kind of thing. This is a website that we are completely writing the code for, which is great because we literally have no boundaries or barriers that tell us that we can't do one thing because it'll interfere with something else. We have big plans for the site and we're hoping when it's done, you'll come and check it out and give us some feedback. In the meantime, I'll be doing these episodes every other week for a bit until I can get the website finished and running a bit on its own. I do love that Rue is helping because we're going to divvy up the responsibilities and the pages, which will cut down on a lot. So don't forget to send me a message with anything that you might want to see on the perfect roleplay site. We already have some ideas to get down on the spamming of the status streams and bulletins, as well as being able to organize your friends according to page type. There are lots of other websites that are also popping up and I've been checking those out too. It'll take some time before we find our perfect home though. And I appreciate everyone being patient and for your understanding. If you guys want to check out our GoFundMe and donate what you can, we would all really appreciate it. The website is costing a bit to start up. And although a few of us have been covering a few of the things, we are still having an issue with paying for all of it. So if you go to gf.me slash u slash x six y r p five uh that's where you can find our gofundme but that you know this week however i do want to spend some time talking about alternate universe characters in episode nine i asked you guys about how you feel about canon characters who stick strictly to the show movie or book that kind of thing and how you feel about au versions of those same characters I know a lot of players who play AU characters, but I also wanted to know how many people actually tend to do so, and if not, why those people don't. It's a complicated question, but I found that a lot of people had an opinion about it. The overall consensus was that AU characters are actually the best. Uh, I don't know if there's another way to say it. Everyone agreed that sticking strictly with two canon characters limits the abilities to do proper storylines. And it also just leaves you trapped in a loop of simply rewriting a story that's already been written, as Rue noted. Most people start out as canon characters from a movie, TV, show, book, video games, that kind of thing. But they eventually evolve those characters with their own stories that make them AU anyway. Rue mentioned that she RPs a character from the Outlanderverse that is canon, but because the character is a time traveler, she can put her in various verses and give her connections to so many other people and other time periods. So it could technically be canon, but it's Rue's own stories. So it's not something that anyone has read about or seen on TV. Mal mentioned specifically that she doesn't care if someone writes as an AU as long as the storyline is good. 
RPing with AU characters is fun and unique, and she loves seeing the people's take on characters and how much work and effort they put into making their character unique. Ragdoll, or Harley Quinn, agreed that having AU is the best for her too. She said it's more fun for her, and everyone can do what they like, of course, but she does prefer the AU. And that's the thing with AU. Some people go as far as to alter a small bit of the character storyline in order to fit a particular arc. It might be as simple as saying that Elena Gilbert never broke up with Stefan and got with Damon. Maybe she stayed with Stefan and saved him from himself. I actually play a Crowley, and I'm planning on bringing him back with an AU storyline as well. Sometimes you kind of have to go AU in order to write the characters you love, in order to make them fit with other characters around you. There's nothing wrong if people prefer to stick with the canon story of the book or movie or TV show, maybe continuing the story on after the end of the series, like I'm kind of doing with my Secret Circle character. That's its own story now. And most likely, if it was compared to what the writers would have done, it would probably be AU as well. But either way, there's no wrong way to RP, unless it's, of course, writing someone's character. I still maintain that that is the most taboo thing that you can do. But in relation to this, it's always a good idea to go with how you feel. So up next, I want to introduce you to Charleston. Charleston sent me a message and wanted me to share her profile with you all. So that's what I want to do with you. Um, the profile that she messaged me from was created in January of 2015, but the actual character was created in 2016. She tends to RP in a writing group that she created because it's cleaner and easier for her in her opinion. So you can still send her messages or comments to discuss things OOC with her. So if you're going to RP with her, um, she doesn't do it in blogs or comments or messages. She does it in her own writing group. So you'd have to be willing to go there and check on things, make sure everything is uh, when she responds. Um, she is a multi-para to novella RPer, and she can pretty much fit into any verse because of the type of AUs that she has for Charlie. Charlie is her nickname. Uh, she would like to write with other people who send responses, though, because she's written with Matt for so long. She wants other characters in her life that aren't NPCs. Her writings range from G to above, but because she does post her stuff publicly in Drabbles, she does tend to put trigger warnings if there are any sensitive subjects. Uh, Charlie says she's flexible to change her rating depending on comfortability and with those that she writes with. She would like to find someone to play her partner in the NYPD, preferably as The Rock as the play-by. The background and information would be up to the taker, of course, and she wanted everyone to know that she's up for anything that sheds positive light on law enforcement. Uh, the background she sent me was that she was uh, born and raised in New York City. Charleston was supposed to be a boy that would carry on the Hayes name. However, fate had another plan for her. Opting for the nickname Charlie, when she was older, she joined the U.S. Army, where she met her future husband, Matt. After retiring from the military, she started working for the NYPD, where she is currently a sergeant with the NYPD as a canine officer. So she did put a little bit of a note, um, an OOC note, above this drabble that she sent me. Um, she said that she wants everybody to have a good week. Um, obviously, she's not law enforcement in real life, so anything that is wrong, she said, don't bring it up. She's just into crime TV shows. I'm not here for that type of negativity, which is fair. Most of us are writing characters that are not of our position or profession. So here is the writing sample that she sent me. I'm going to read that to you. Hectic was the word that would have described Charlie's life for the last several months. She hadn't caught her breath from work, and between her children and husband, she knew that she was getting low on her energy. 
Currently, she was pregnant with Matthews and her third child. She hadn't quite yet wrapped her mind around that. Soon, they were going to be outnumbered. There would be more children than them. As Charleston made her way down to the kitchen, she called for the girls to get up so that they could get some breakfast before going to the babysitters, as Matt had already left early in the morning. The blonde could hear footsteps above as they made their way down the stairs. As she already was running late, she just gave them cereal. Normally, she would have liked to have made them breakfast, but that didn't seem to be in the cards today. Breakfast was rushed as she struggled to get the two of them ready and out the door. Some days it was more of a fight, and today it was Cassie that didn't want to get dressed. Please put the pants on, she pleaded with the two-year-old. No pants, she cried as she tried to run off before Charlie picked her up. We have to wear pants, she grunted as the child put her legs to the pants. You don't. She felt called out by her own child. It's public, Cassie. She didn't leave room for arguments as she got her pants on. As her cries started to die down, the three of them made it out the door. She honestly didn't believe that they were ever going to leave the house. After almost an hour, she was finally arriving at the precinct. Pushing her hair out of her face, she hadn't brought a hair tie and was going to be pushing out of her face all day. She groaned at the thought. She had been assigned a temp partner for now, as her last had decided to move on to another state. She didn't mind nor care, but she had only been partnered with them for a few weeks. Not a lot of talking happened between the two of them, but she shrugged it off. She knew that they weren't going to be sticking with her forever. It was just the stress of not having a partner just yet and helping to train the new one. She was just helping along until they paired them off, but she didn't like training the new people. Because honestly, she didn't have the patience for the stupidity that came along with it. As their boss, Captain Veronica Gates, came out of her office, closing the distance between her and their desks, she spoke. What have we got in the Gomez case? She asked her best detective. We have a few perps that we need to question. <laughs> Not much of an update there, Shepard. Uh, is the pregnancy making it harder to do your job? No, sir. She spoke as Gates preferred to be addressed as sir. Then get me something by the end of the day. Yes, sir. After she departed from the two of them, she got up from her chair as the two of them made plans to interview the two suspects that they had right now. Originally, Rogers wanted to split up so the two of them could cover more ground, but Charlie said no. Those partners should never split up because if something went wrong, who would be there to back them up? When Rogers didn't have an answer to that, she nodded her head and told them to get ready, and they were heading out in five. True to her word, they were leaving five minutes later. If that was one of the few things he had learned from her was promptness, she would be okay with it. The first suspect was a dead end, as they actually had an alibi during the crime, which left one person that they weren't entirely sure had done it either. But a few things did add up, and they wanted to ask some questions. Charleston knocked on the door as they heard some movement inside. In the skip of a beat, they opened the door, looking like the mugshot. Charlie held up her badge. Detective Shepard and my PD, we have a few questions for you. With? Short response. We had some questions about Hector Gomez, as she could tell by his reaction that he knew him. I don't know him. She skipped a beat as she stood there, nodding her head. We know that you knew him. There were a few people that verified that you guys ran in the same gang together and were even arrested in another state together. I'm not going to jail again, he remarked. Before Charlie could even respond back, he pulled out a gun, aiming it on her and Rogers before a loud bang echoed through the small hallway. A split second later, she smashed into the ground and landed with a loud thud. Her breath knocked out of her. After a few shaky breaths, she could hear crashing in the apartment as Rogers ran after the guy. You don't? 
leave your partner, she half yelled as she was having a hard time catching her breath. A pain radiated from her chest to her arm, and with a confused look, she glanced down. She couldn't see anything from her jacket as she laid there. Unbuttoning her jacket, she finally noticed the red that was streaming from her shirt. A sense of panic washed over her as she knew that she had more to worry about than just herself. As she pressed a hand over the gunshot wound, the warm blood moving through her fingers, she groaned in pain before she placed her other hand on top of it. She was mad that her partner had basically just left her there. She fumbled with her phone so that she could call it in. The blood on her hands made them slippery as she dropped the phone to the floor. She groaned, closing her eyes and resting her hand on the ground, trying to will herself to focus as much as she could to get her phone up and dial the number. Once the phone was back in her hand, she dialed three digits before hitting the call button. 911, what is your emergency? This is Detective Shepard. I've been shot, she said with a raspy voice as her breathing became more difficult. What is your location? 24 East Broadway Street, Apartment 3 in Brooklyn. She managed to get out. Where is your partner? I, I don't know. He left me. A pain was starting to spread. Her entire body honestly felt like it was on fire, and she was having a hard time listening to what the operator was saying to her. She was just trying to tell herself to continue to breathe. At this moment, she wasn't even worried about herself. She was more worried about the child that she was carrying. Her eyes went in and out of focus as it felt like someone had lit a firecracker off in her chest. For the most part, she had managed to not have any major injuries in the army, not even being shot. For the first one, it was uncomfortable, to say the least. Tears left her eyes, not from the pain, but the emotions that were going through her right now. She couldn't focus on anything, as she could still tell that the operator was on the phone, and she could hear sirens getting closer. In her soul, she felt that they were going to get there before she passed out. She had already lost a lot of blood, and she could feel the liquid currently running down her body and wrapping around in a warm cocoon that was draping its arms around her, willing her to join in the darkness. Eventually, the darkness took over. So if you would like to add Charleston, uh, you can add her at roleplayer.me slash 891-994. Uh, please do so. I don't see too many in the crime verse, especially not police or cops, and I'm sure she would love to create some stories with you. So stay tuned. Up next, I'm going to talk about a Rick and Morty board game. I love Rick and Morty, and I'm really sad that they just finished season four. It's one of the few shows that I actually watch the entire episode the day it's released. I usually buy the season in its entirety before it's completely out um, on Amazon Prime, and I can't wait for it when it comes out. I do own a card game that is Rick and Morty centered, which is very much like the game of memory, but with parasites and which uh, trying to figure out which character is the real one. Now, this game is an engine building kind of game. It's not a deck building like the other games are under this theme. And I copied this information directly from the website. Rick and Morty, the Rick's Must Be Crazy Multiverse game, is an engine building game of sorts that takes place in the four locations, aka verses, from the popular Rick and Morty episode, The Ricks Must Be Crazy. The Rickverse, the Microverse, the Miniverse, and the Teenyverse. Due to time dilation and other pseudo-scientific malarkey, the lower you travel in the verses, the greater number of actions you have each round. But some of those lower verses are a bit primitive, so the contraptions that you build to use all that sweet power on might not work so well. During your turn, you spend your actions to build power supplies and contraptions, 
and you possibly move to a new verse to take advantage of some of those excess powers there. At the end of each round, the power generates from the bottom, verse up, and the players can use that power as it travels from verse to verse to play one-shot abilities, use character abilities, and power up the contraptions. Player order matters in each verse, so hopefully your opponents left you some power to use. This game goes from $13 to $30 depending on which site you buy it from. It allows two to four players, ages 17 and older, and will take anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes to play. And sometimes you just want to play a game that's not going to last for six hours, like Monopoly. And this one seems like it's just like the right amount of time. So check it out. I'm actually going to probably buy it in the next couple of days. The cheapest one I think I found was on walmart.com, but you can pretty much buy it anywhere. Just it's the Rick and Morty, the Ricks must be crazy multiverse game. Uh, Check it out. I wanted to do a LARPing group based on the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books, but apparently that doesn't exist. And then I was like, oh, how about a Rick and Morty LARPing group? That's got to be a thing, right? Nope. No, it's not. But I found some people in amazing costumes, like they have a Mr. Meeseeks and they have somebody in Unity. Uh, There seems to be a limit to how many types of LARPing groups there are, apparently. Um, Usually they're fantasy and very little sci-fi elements to them. And that, my friends, is super depressing. I would love to eventually see a Firefly LARPing group or something along those lines. I used to actually run a RPG that was Firefly-based, and I think it's possible. I think that you can think of a lot of different things to do with that, and you can go on a bunch of missions and have things get messed up for you. I think it would be really fun. Anyway, I did find a Star Wars LARPing group that's located near Seattle, Washington, though. Um, Here's what their information says on their page. Galaxy Awaits, Rise of an Empire, is an unofficial Star Wars fan club holding live-action role-play events in the Seattle, Washington area for ages 18 and up. Our game takes place between Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, and Solo, a Star Wars story where the Jedi are hunted, the Empire tightens its grip on the galaxy, and a rebellion is on the rise. Join us twice a year on planet Silvaris for a weekend of political intrigue and high-tension conflict. Now, Galaxy Awaits focuses on story intrigue and conflict between player characters, from political manipulation to backstabbing, from betrayal to combat, and you are free to plot against any character you interact with and expect the unexpected in return. Though there are staff-run stories to participate in, if desired, our game is designed to pit player characters against one another. Choose your allies wisely. They've had a few events that took place over the course of a few days that moved their stories along. Um, You can even visit their newspaper to read some of the articles if you wanted to get caught up before you joined them. Um, They did have a brief description. So they had an event in uh, May of 2019. The Black Sphere Tournament took place in Croak Station, where all were welcome to participate and attend. During the break, the Imperial flag was removed from the flagpole by the newly elected mayor. Brother 13 led the Inquisitors on a confrontation that quickly became a battle involving nearly the entire town. The surviving Inquisitors were arrested by the Empire and escorted out of Korok Station. Meanwhile, the Black Sphere Tournament saw a winner and awarded a handsome grand prize. As the citizens reveled in the tournament winner, several Imperial Star Destroyers appeared in orbit and formed a blockade around the planet. Event 4 was November 2019, right before the pandemic really hit. 
Uh, the Empire set up a temporary research facility at Korok Station to study the force giving seed pods. A renowned scientist, along with several assistants assigned to the facility, led the research. Several hours later, results were in. Meanwhile, the leader of a local rebel cell was captured by the Empire. According to Imperial Intelligence, another rebel cell led by a Jedi resided in the Selvarian capital of Karu, and an orbital bombardment was ordered destroying the city. Galaxy Awaits runs several day games and one weekend event under the New Republic era of the books. Um, these events took place shortly after The Force Awakens came out, so needless to say, there was confusion about the timeline the game took place in. As such, staff decided to take a one-year hiatus to restructure the game, complete with a slimmed set of rules, and clearly to find timeline for the movies. But you can check out their website at uh, thegalaxyawaits.org if you're in that area and are interested in a Star Wars-themed LARPing group, which, who wouldn't be? Star Wars is amazing. Episode 9's prompt was Sound of Silence, right about someone breaking a calm silence. And Patrick stepped up and was nice enough to submit something this week for it. So I'm going to read that to you and I'm going to give you his information again to check out. Sunrise. Dawn. Daybreak. A magical time for those that were awake to watch it. Countless poems and quotes attributed to the small window of time to watch the darkness of night fade and the sun to crest in the east, spilling golden illumination across the landscape. Miraculous. Magical. Perfection. Within his observation room, the glass walls facing eastward, Patrick James Pierce IV sat in deep meditation, the room cutting off the sounds that would occupy the view he now looked over. A limitless horizon of northern California wilderness, he looked over mere outlines of infinite trees, bush boulders, and hills shadowed in the gray of pre-dawn. His naked form sitting cross-legged on a cushion as he meditated and watched. He had been up all night. The cocaine and various other chemicals he had taken during the evening's revelries, tapering off thus, allowing him to embrace this moment of zen, mostly clear-headed. Were he outside beyond the glass and steel buffering, he would have heard the rousing song of birds, the soft sway of branches in the breeze, and perhaps the sounds of the stream running nearby, the sounds of nature waking from its night slumber for another day. Instead, he only had silence. Contrary to belief... Silence itself was not deafening. Patrick knew that the mind and absence of stimuli would become hypersensitive, so the sound of breathing, the slightest shift, even the slow rhythmic heart beating in his ears would be detectable, not to mention the subsonic ringing one could hear in the absence of noise when focusing. To counter that, Patrick let his mind fully relax and enter a meditative state where he thought of nothing, and in essence was nothing in the universe. No different to dreamless sleep, he let himself detach from all the bindings in the physical planes and drifted. Or perhaps the drugs had not fully tapered off. Either way, his consciousness at this moment was more a waking dream than anything else. Body fully relaxed, breathing slow and steady, eyes caged on the horizon. And as the first golden edge of the sun rose, so too did Patrick's awareness, the warm light bathing the wilderness in a slow, stretching reach, till it hit Patrick. The warm glow of the light magnified by the thick glass which it shined through. He had to squint his eyes as the harsh glare grew brighter and brighter with each inevitable bit of the star breached the eastern horizon and dominated the view. Perfect. It was a perfect moment as his tanned flesh, humming with life and vitality, bathed in the brilliance of the heavens. 
a silence only adding to ethereal experience. And just as the moment reached a climax, an echoing scream filtered in from the dark stairs below. Patrick, who had been on the verge of tears at the almost religious experience he was having now, sighed in frustration when the noise broke the magical moment. Down the stairs below were the cells of his warehouse, where his pets were locked away for his enjoyment. The new girl, whom he had spent the entirety of the night breaking in, clearly still had some fire within her. Like a wild mustang, she would need to be broken before he could properly train her. With a growl of the most sinister intentions, he rose. His naked form still bathed in the sunlight, though he no longer felt the warmth. The ice-cold venom of his inner demons returning to him, and from a vial he had left at the door, he tapped a small pile of powder it held within it on the outer edge of his hand, between his thumb and pointer finger. Bringing it to his nose, he inhaled it with a snort, a shiver offered as the slow drip and narcotic euphoria returned to him. The new girl will need to learn some manners. She will need to learn her place, and she will need to learn not to draw the ire of Mr. Pierce. But she will learn. One way or another, she will learn. So from atop the warm golden peak of his warehouse, Patrick once again ventured in the darkness within, the concrete and shadows welcoming him as he descended deeper and deeper and deeper into his personal hellscape, where he was the devil himself, his voice filling the air as he spoke with each step down. Fee, fi, fo, fum, a scream doth echo, so here I come. <laughs> That's Patrick for you. If you guys want to add Patrick and see if you can keep up with his perverse uh, hobbies, you're welcome to do so. I do warn you, a lot of his stuff can be kind of scary if you haven't already noticed from some of the things that he's written. Um, you can add him on roleplayer.me1531475. He's a cool guy, and if you're special enough, he may even invite you to his Discord server, which is varies in range. Um, some of the things he has to post on there and some of the things that a lot of the awesome people on their post are kind of X-rated. But uh, if you're okay with it and you're you're down for that kind of stuff, he might even he might even invite you there. The next writing prompt is missed connections. Uh, write about two people who keep crossing paths but miss actually meeting, um, which happens in real life all the time. And I have a couple stories about that from my real life if you guys are interested. Just remember to get these in by Friday, July third, especially since it's the Fourth of July weekend that weekend. If you do want to get it in to me late because you don't have time to write it, just send me a message to let me know that it's coming late. You guys have you guys have some time to write it, so um, I'll put off recording if I have to. You can send me these on Roleplayer, Twitter, Facebook, you know, etc. Um, anywhere you can send a message, you're welcome to send yours in. So get ready to write down Charlie's information. Uh, it's roleplayer.me slash 891-994. Remember, you can also find her link and page on my Roleplayer page, roleplayer.me160-4302 as well. You can also find all the other links to the previous profiles and groups I've talked about in the last episodes, including Patrick's. So if you don't get his information there, you can find it on my Roleplayer page. Uh, I still haven't gotten that page together. With Rue and I working on the new RP page, um, we've kind of put a lot of other things in the back burner. Even my responses have kind of been taking a hit, which is, which sucks. I still owe Lucia a starter and I own a bunch of people. So, but I will eventually get that together once I get the role player page up. You know, I need another hobby after 
this one's done. So I'll do that one. You guys deserve a page though. So I'll get that together soon. So you guys can see all of everybody's writing and show notes and all that good stuff. I'm kind of all over the place. But please do visit our GoFundMe page. Give what you can if you can. Or if you can't, please share it. That's the best thing that we can ask for. Get word out. We'll try to do something special for those who want to join the page when it's up. Uh, gf.me slash u slash x6yrp5. Don't forget to send me messages with your ideas and writings. You can message me any writing you would like to share or have featured. I'll get a spot on here to talk about you. Just make sure you read all the rules, complete the questionnaire before you submit anything. Everyone is welcome. Our peers, writers, anybody. So send me your stuff. Do follow me and like me on Twitter and Facebook, UMERP. So thank you for listening, whether you do it on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. You can also listen on Patreon, where those who donate will be getting special bonus content. Everyone else won't be able to hear it unless they donate, like Rue, Big B, Lou, Charlie, and Callie. If you guys can, I would really appreciate it. If not, I understand. Um, but please do rate and review with five stars everywhere you listen. It does help. So until, well, after 4th of July weekend, stay creative. Stay safe.